Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about healing on a cellular level. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Roxanne Chaput. Roxanne is an inspirational speaker, transformational life coach, and the founder and CEO of Roxanne Chaput Limited. You can reach Roxanne at her website, RoxanneChaput.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Roxanne. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thank you for having me, Linda. I'm so excited to be here. I am delighted to be learning from you, talking about healing on a cellular slash cellular level. And I love that. I would like to get to know you a little bit more and why this became your passion. Why do you do what you do? Absolutely. So I just kind of had this deep knowingness inside of me since I was a little girl that I was meant to serve humanity on a greater level. I always kind of felt called and I was always very receptive to energy. I could always feel energetic presence. I was very good at following my intuition and kind of following that sense of who I was and, you know, going through life and conditionings and conformities that kind of befall us as we transition through life. I kind of lost touch with that a little bit as I kind of venture into life. And I always really wanted to resonate with someone. And I would always ask my family and friends, like, do you have this feeling, like this burning feeling that you're meant to do something? Like you're meant to, you're being called to serve really essentially. They're like, oh no, like, I don't know what that feeling is. Like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm like, that's great. That's great. But like, you have like that additional feeling that you just like, you're being called to do something. And I never really found anyone that resonated with me. So I just felt like maybe, maybe those feelings weren't accurate. Like maybe something was just within me that I felt that, but it really wasn't something that I was being called to do. Like you start questioning things and kind of doubting your path a little bit along the way, I think. And I went through, you know, some unhealthy relationships to a very unhealthy marriage where I ended up leaving with my three beautiful children. And after, you know, shortly after that, I had experienced four near-death experiences. And at each point of that um, like they were kind of like pivotal moments really where they kind of allowed me to awaken a little bit further into my journey and allowed me to embark on my self-mastery journey and really ended up leading me back to the path that I was always meant to be on and which was healing others. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. I think that it is a beautiful gift that you had at a very early age to be able to recognize that you have a calling in life. You have a mission, something that you can do specifically that maybe nobody else can feel that particular mission. You have something that you need to do. And isn't it interesting how we doubt ourselves because I know I've struggled with that. Like I, I'm nobody and what are you talking about? And do I have anything of value to offer and those kinds of thoughts? So it's, um, I guess it's very normal to go through those, but I'm, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for your relationships and near death experiences. That's really scary. And I, I guess maybe do you feel like those were necessary to put you back on track? Or do you think maybe there was an easier way or it doesn't matter? Cause here you are. No, honestly, I think that this is the exact way that it was intended um, to be. I think that the way that it kind of orchestrated itself was the, the exact way that it was, you know, designed to be for my life. And I think that if I hadn't gone through the awakening periods that I had, I don't think that I would have found my journey, my way back to my journey, the way, you know, the way back to my mission, really, essentially. 
until I kind of had went through those tumultuous things in order for me to kind of shake the essence of who I was and to question my foundation and to question who I was as a soulful being and not just a physical vessel and what I thought that I should be and what others thought that I should be. So I think that I needed these things to transpire throughout my life in order for them to bring me throughout this incredible journey. That is a beautiful message. And I think that can help people have some courage when they're going through their hard things to maybe say, maybe there's something in this to help me be able to uh, complete what I am really sent here to do because we do, we do matter. I love the way that C.S. Lewis puts it. He says, we are not mortal beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a mortal experience. And so that's kind of a beautiful message that you, that you share. Now, I know you have a lot of certifications you have done. Once you decided and rediscovered what your mission is, you have done a lot of effort and research and studying and learning so that you could hone your skills and be able to help other people. So I would love to hear kind of what you do now that you have, you've decided this is who I am, this is how I'm going to help people, and how do you do it? Right. And I think that, you know, coming from the first near-death experiences really allowed me to kind of delve into the realm of life coaching and love coaching and to really enlighten others on their inner power and being able to empower them and inspire them to live their life that they soulfully desire opposed to just what, you know, the conditionings that had befallen them. So that is kind of where that work had kind of started to manifest itself. However, the energy healing and the spiritual guidance and the shamanism really came to me in dream state. And I had this beautiful reoccurring dream for almost four months straight. And I am of indigenous cultures here in Canada. So I am French and native, which is called a Métis culture here in Canada. And I have always felt connected to my ancestry. I always felt connected to my roots. However, I just didn't know the traditions. I didn't really understand my ancestry because we never really spoke of it in our home because it was always something that was slightly to be shameful of or to be in fear because of everything that had transpired throughout Canada and the Indigenous culture. So it was really kind of a sad thing because we weren't really able to submerse ourselves right into our culture from a very young age. If we didn't look Indigenous, most people hid that they were Indigenous because they didn't want to be casted under a stigmatized, you know, really a stigmatized judgment of what the Indigenous population was within Canada. And you know, it was very unfortunate. And I had this incredible dream for almost four months straight after my last near-death experience. And it was this beautiful Indigenous woman. And she had came to me every single night in my dream for almost four months straight. And she was standing in front of this ravina and she had teepees beside her and she had her arms extended to me and she was hymning this beautiful melancholy song and the connection to her felt like she was of my great grandmother descent. It was like a maternal grandmother connection. It was so warm. It was so, I was such at peace with her. And I just remembered the tranquility that kind of had, you know, exuded throughout my body. And I just remember her chanting this incredible hymn to me. And I would wake up in the morning and I started chanting this hymn and my partner was like, wow, like that is so beautiful. Like it's a beautiful song. Like this is what she sings to me every single night. He's like, wow. Like he's like, I've never heard that before. I'm like, like either have I, I said, so I'm like trying to shit band and maybe subconsciously I had picked up the song and it was, you know, <laughs> interpreting into my dreams though. And I do dream interpretation and I still wasn't able to kind of decipher what was transpiring with her. 
And so anyways, yeah, for almost four months straight, she came to me every single night and I had connected with one of my elders in my community, in the Métis community here. And I had told him of my dream and I told him of the song that she was chanting to me. And he said, oh my goodness. He said, we haven't heard that healing song, like the tribal healing song for over a hundred years in, in like in our culture. Like my great grandfather and my grandfather used to chant this to me, but we never used it as the healing song. And it's been like over a hundred years. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, he's like, but it's not the exact same song. It's like, the, the intro part of it was like the same, but then there was different keynotes that weren't the same as like the traditional song. And I was like, well, where would I have gotten that from? And he said, well, she's, she's telling you to come and heal. She's telling you to follow your ancestry and to kind of come to the land, come to heal. And I'm like, come to the heal. Where am I going? Like, what am I doing? I, I don't fully understand like the vision or the dream. And he's like, it's going to come to you. So then I had met with an incredible spiritual guide shortly after and I was telling her of my dream and of the song that she was chanting to me she says she's calling you to the land to heal the same the same message that the elder had told me and she said you're meant to be a shaman you're meant to be healing others and I as soon as she told me that it was like an instant click I knew right away but I was like where, where, where am I going what am I doing <laughs> like give me some insight she's like it'll come to you in dream state and you know after that moment it was just like I knew exactly what I was meant to do in that sense that I knew that I needed to, to contend with, you know, the lineage of where I came from. I knew that I needed to heal on the grounds that she was kind of sending me through my dreams. And the last night that I received the dream, I had woke up in the morning and I told my partner, I said, listen, I'm being called to come and heal. I need to go to the land and heal. And he was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, it's in the forest. He's like, you're going in the forest <laughs> by yourself with black bears and wolves. <laughs> with no production or anything I'm like I'll be fine like I'll bring something just to like keep you know keep your mind at ease but I went on this incredible journey and on this morning it was pouring rain like it was pouring like torrential downpour it's about two and a half hour drive to this beautiful forest and I get there and I knew these were ancient healing grounds like I know that these are traditional healing grounds you can feel the energy you can feel the vibration from the trees from the earth from the water that surrounds it all the elements really except for fire. It was just such an incredible experience. And I walk upon like this beautiful rock and I knew it was a healing rock. And I sat on this healing rock and I did a smudging ceremony. So for those that aren't of indigenous culture or haven't smudged before, a smudging ceremony is ordered to cleanse your energy, cleanse your soul, and to kind of be one with your spirit. And a lot of times you'll burn sage, you'll burn cedar, you'll burn tobacco, you'll burn palsanto. It just depends on the culture. And I'm saging on this incredible rock and mind you, it's pouring rain. And all of a sudden a deer, a bunny, a little chipmunk, and there's hummingbird flying from tree to tree. And I was like, wow, that's really strange because hummingbirds don't usually fly when it's pouring rain. Like when it's drizzling, you'll see them still flying, but not when it's pouring rain like that. And I'm sitting on this rock and after four over like almost four hours, the rock was damp when I got there, like the, like the moss on it was damp. Like it had been exposed to like the rain. And I realized after almost four hours of being there that not one single drop of rain hit me the entire time that I was there. And as I was there, I was like, I was reconnecting to my soul. I was reconnecting to my ancestry. It was just, it was such an incredible experience. Like I literally just cried for over like eight hours, probably that day. And it was just such an incredible experience. And after that moment, I knew that I was, 
I felt it. I was never going to be the same. That dynamic had shifted within me. And I knew that if I could do this for myself, that I needed to do this for others and that this was, this was what I was being called to do. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to put my theory to the test and I'm going to, you know, trial on my family and friends and use them as guinea pigs. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, a few of them enlisted and we went on this incredible journey and the exact same effect had on every single one of them and none of their lives were the same after that. So then I knew that I was meant to do that for the world. And that's when I started opening up to clients. That is beautiful. So within a period of just a few hours, you were able to have this just personal transformation, this incredible experience that changed you, kind of transcendental, I guess. Um, and so how are you able to walk somebody else through this process? Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's so beautiful. And I think becoming a shaman is such an incredible gift that we have within us and being able to calm and stabilize and to clear disruptions and to clear imprints within our energy field. And I think that a lot of us hold our trauma and I'm sure that you know that we have, we're a four layer being and we have the physical component that we have. We have our emotional, we have, you know, we have our mental health and then we have our spiritual health. And a lot of us neglect the spiritual aspect of who we are as human beings, knowing that the spiritual essence of who we are is, is like literally like the sweet spot of who we are. That is what we are made of. That is the fabrication of who we are. We are energy. We are electromagnetic beings. And a lot of us are just focused on the physical or the superficial aspect of ourselves, which is our vessel. So I think that, you know, when we do counseling and we do all these things that kind of help remedy or give us coping mechanisms in order to kind of, you know, carry us through to the next part of our journey, they never actually affect healing at the cellular level. They never affect healing at our energy levels. It's always something that we are given as tools. And that's why so many of us are continuously activated because we never really get rid of the disruption and we never really get rid of the imprint that has been kind of, you know, sitting on us and that has been kind of creating that ruckus within our body for so long. So for me, it's about kind of using the coaching modality and then using the shamanism and kind of combining these two healing modalities together and affecting healing at all four layers of their being, opposed to just one or two. Do you feel like when you reach the, the spiritual, the soul level, then it just kind of everything else takes care of itself? That is once, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think once we experience that inner peace and we have that inner knowingness of who we are at the essence of our soul and not what we thought we should be or what we were told we should be or, you know, settling for a life that we think that this is what we need to do because this is what we were conditioned to believe that we need to do. Once we remove all those conformities and those conditionings and we realize who we actually are as divine beings, that changes the game significantly. And you can never look at the world the same once you have that knowingness. And how do you get someone to feel to know that because like you mentioned most people are on this physical and maybe I'll, I'll acknowledge the mental and emotional part but that's as far that's as far as I'm going how do you get from that place to recognizing you are so much more than this right and the core of my work I think is you know debunking our core belief systems and our core value systems and I think that when we kind of deconstruct this foundation that was you know, I want to say like misconstructed throughout our life, you know, like it wasn't, our foundation was never really built to sustain the essence of who we are. It was meant to sustain society and sustain those around us. So I think that 
you know, the first part of doing any type of healing work is to debunk those core belief systems that interfere with who we actually are as human beings. Because when we come into this world, we're pure and we're innocent. And that's what we love about children. We love their innocence. We love their purity of who, we, who they are. However, along their lifetime, they they lose themselves, they lose that purity, they lose that innocence because they're losing touch of who they are because they have to be so many other people for other people or so many other people for themselves. So I think that it's important that we are kind of reconstructing the foundation of who we are and really building on the innocent and the purest side of who we are opposed to the side of us that we really don't like, but we just learned to be that way. So we have to kind of regain that childlike faith in a way. Are, are you doing anything with your kids to help them be able to maintain that uh, that state of being? Always. And I think that it's important to be soulful. I think it's important for my children to be good human beings. I don't allow like societal conditions to to raise them. I don't believe in the school system structure the way that it is. I think that grades are grades and is something that you need to go through. If my children want to be a volunteer for the rest of their life and they want to give their heart and they want to serve humanity, I will support them. And this, these are conversations that I have with them is to follow their soul, to always follow their intuition to fo- and to follow their guiding voice because we lose that along the way with all the noise that surrounds us. So that to me is very important as being a parent is allowing them to trust themselves and to trust their intuition and to trust their knowingness within them. And that they don't need to do anything to appease anyone else. They need to do something to appease their soul and to appease their own fulfillment and happiness. I love that. And you know, I am so fortunate that I get to talk to people from around the world with that come from different backgrounds and different approaches to a very similar message that we need to be able to be true to ourselves, that we need to be able to just let go of the expectations of the world and follow our, some people call it our spirit, some people call it following your gut, some people call it following your intuition, inspiration, many different names, but a similar uh, kind of a story where it feels like there's messages coming from so many sources so we can reach different people. Like this person might listen to it from this direction and that person might listen to it from this direction. And the message is that there is more to us and trust that feeling that is inside. I I love that. That's beautiful. And I know you teach about self-awareness. And is that how you began to get into that place of becoming self-aware? And what what do you do to help people become self-aware? Yeah. And I think, you know, just great to your point, Linda, I think that as a parent, my role is not to own my children's future and it's not to own their journey. It's not to control their journey, right? And I think that as parents, it is our job to be their guides, is to provide them with guidance, love, support, in order for them to make the great decisions that they need to make in order to have a fulfilled life and a happy life. No child or no human being that I know has been fulfilled with a job that they were told that they should do or that they have to do in order to earn a certain income bracket. Everyone that I see that has true inner fulfillment has followed their guiding voice, their spirit, their soul work. And this is what I want for my children. So I think that that's what's important as parenting is that we don't own their journey and we don't own what they do with their life. We're just here to guide them through in order for them to flourish to who they actually are. I love that. And that takes a lot of self-confidence because our children are in a way a reflection of us. And sometimes parents, without meaning to, 
they say, oh, my child has to be this level of success because that reflects that I am a good parent or, or that kind of thing. And we have to be able to be strong enough ourselves to say, you know what? I am comfortable with me. I am comfortable in my, in my own skin and with who I am and with what I'm doing. And that means that I'm comfortable with you and who you are and what you choose to be and, and that these things are good. So that's an excellent reminder. Thank you so much, Roxanne. Right. And I think that, you know, to that as well is that I feel that being a mother is that the honor where I will receive from my child, where I will feel the most proud is that they are good human beings and that they are serving humanity. What job title they hold, what income they hold has no, has no significance to me. Cool. Your kids are lucky. Well done. Well done. All right. So how do you help people become self-aware and become into this place? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes from questioning, right? And having that curiosity and being able to feel safe within within those, you know, walls that you are able to question your reality, you're able to question your relationships, you're able to question your friendships, you're able to question your belief system, you're able to question the parenting that you receive when you're a child, you're able to question your life's purpose, you're able to question things. And I think a lot of us prevent ourselves from questioning things. And self-awareness comes with questions, right? Because when we ask ourselves those deep, riveting questions, we have to then go and seek those deep, riveting answers. So I think that a lot of it comes with questioning, like, why am I doing this? Why am I working a nine-to-five job that I feel unfulfilled and I absolutely hate? Why am I married to someone I don't love? Like, why, you know, like, there's so many questions where we start having that acknowledgement of, you know, building that awareness of who we actually are opposed to, just kind of what has befallen us throughout our entire life. So I think it's just about questioning, why don't I sing anymore? Why don't I dance anymore? Why don't I act like a child anymore? Why can't I show myself to the world anymore? Why can't I show the not so great part of myself to the world anymore? Why do I feel like I can only show the light part of myself? Why do I have, you know, have to contain my shadow? Why do I have to hide pieces of myself? It's just about questioning those things and asking why you have to do those things. And I love that you're questioning to find an answer, not questioning to search for someone to blame. And I think sometimes that is a trap that people can get caught into is I'm revisiting my past and I see that this trauma took place or this situation took place. And then the natural thing is, ooh, so it's your fault. And I don't think that that is healing. I think that finding our sources is a very necessary step to becoming self-aware, but then it requires an element really of, of forgiveness of, okay, so that's where it started, but let's let that go and then move to the next step. So do you teach about forgiveness? Is that part of the healing process? Yeah. And that was a really important certification for me to attain is that I believe that forgiveness to ourselves and forgiveness to others is one of the most crucial pieces of our life's journey. And I think that, you know, this is what I always kind of stipulate when I work with clients is that I will not work with anyone who's not willing to take accountability for their life, for mm-hmm. their choices, no matter what challenges they've, they've, like, that they face or any challenges that they've had to undergo because accountability is the biggest position that we can actually become self-aware and that we all have a choice in how our life plays out regardless if we feel that we don't. We've all, we're presented choices and we made choices you know, with the options that we were given. So I think that, you know, even being in an unhealthy marriage or anything of that nature or having, you know, hostility towards parents or anything of that nature, 
anything that really has withheld us from really prevailing to who we are is really about taking accountability and accountability, understanding that if we want to foster forgiveness and we want to forgive ourselves, the most important piece of that is that we actually have to understand that we are human beings. And just like what we said earlier is that we are having a human experience and we are meant to make mistakes and we are meant to undergo different life's challenges and tribulations. Life was never intended to be perfect. And our spiritual guides and our animal guides are, you know, feel the exact same way that they don't care how our journey kind of turns out. They just want us to experience an incredible physical experience. So I think that when we think of ourselves as human beings and that we hold maybe a piece of non forgiveness, we have, you know, guilt or we have resentment or we have anything of this nature, this really allows it, when we allow it to disrupt our energy, allows it to cause illness within our body. And this causes mental illness, emotional illness, and it can cause physical illness. So when we hold on to all these ill feelings, it's really the only person that's really affecting is ourselves. And we are the only living creature on this planet that holds guilt and that holds resentment and anything of this nature. Everything else is paid with their life. You know, like if an animal makes a mistake in the wild, their life is taken. Where we are able to think about it a thousand times or a million times and punish ourselves a thousand to a million times over and over and over again. So I think it's important that we're able to forgive ourselves no matter what life choices we have made. No one is perfect and we wouldn't want to be judged on our mistakes. So why are we judging others on their mistakes? And I think that we are not intended to be on this world to judge others. We are intended to be on this world to love one another, to support one another and to serve one another. We are not meant to experience hatred. That's why it feels you know, so awful within us. And I think the divisiveness of the world that's transpiring today is not what we are intended to be as human beings. No, I agree completely. And isn't it interesting that typically when we are in a relationship or an interac- interaction with anyone, we want mercy for us and justice for the other person. You know, go easy on me, but man, make sure that other guy is punished. So um, as we're talking and I'm trying to listen and understand the process, and this is what I'm getting so far, so help correct me, um, the first step is, is really about awareness. And that awareness comes from asking questions. And then after the awareness and becoming aware, the next part is about accountability and recognizing what parts uh, we are in control of because we want to be, the more that we are in control, then the more power we have over our situation. We're not just victims. We're not just paper bags floating in the wind, that we have a role. So now when you get to that point, what, what would be the next thing or how do you help people actually let things go? Yeah, and I think that's great. And I think that forgiveness is and accountability is such a significant component when we are healing at any layer of our being. And I think that once we're able to have that understanding that we are divine beings, and this is, you know, it was a hard learn for me, to be honest with you. It was hard to not hold resentment or hold, you know, animosity towards my ex-husband for the way that the marriage had had, you know, had derailed. And really I had to take accountability for that. And I had to realize that I enabled the behavior, like I did have a role to play in it. So he wasn't only at fault and he had his own childhood trauma that he was bringing into a relationship. He wasn't healed coming into a relationship. So I also have to understand and have empathy for this person being a human being that they, they weren't given the tools. They weren't equipped to understand that. So I think that when we realize that we are divine beings and we are divine creatures 
and that we are meant here to love one another and we're able to release that in order to have inner peace instead of hostility within us that is when we are on like the the men really to really release everything that kind of has you know been constraining us from living our life and isn't that beautiful and it sounds simple and yet it's challenging to do but the steps really are simple to heal on this cellular slash cellular level. And then things tend to take care of themselves. Thank you. That is a beautiful message. Roxanne, is there anything that you want to make sure that we cover before we close today? Yeah, I just, you know, I just think it's an important message out there that to make sure that you don't live this life without finding your purpose, that everybody has gifts, everyone has incredible abilities within them it doesn't matter you know what has transpired throughout your life doesn't matter what child like what challenges and what tribulations you have endured throughout your life that we all have you know an incredible magic and incredibleness that lies within us and it's meant to be shared with the world and thank you for sharing yours i really appreciate it and thanks for visiting with me today thank you linda in closing i'd like to share a quote by gary zukoff He said, eventually you will come to understand that love heals everything, and love is all there is. Today, I invite you to allow love and light to heal you at a cellular level. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.